You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell, and National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. Well, guys, week one is in the books, and there's lots to talk about. Obviously, some big upsets, especially in the SEC some key injuries to uh, some key players. We had a big performance out of Justin Fields in Ohio State. So, Mike, I'll let you start and, and decide what you want to talk about first. Let's talk Jalen Hurts first. Let's talk about his performance. I thought Houston was a fairly good team. I know their defense isn't great, but uh, the reaction to his performance overall, I think, is is dominating the headlines. You know, is he going to be the next Heisman Trophy winner at Oklahoma? Is he going to take them to the promised land, win a national title? Um, will he be able to get what what I know he's dreaming of? But everybody says, you know, oh, Jalen's the nicest kid ever, and he would never, ever, ever want to defeat his own teammates. It, it, I have from a very, 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 very good source that Jalen Hurts wants nothing more in this world than to play Alabama in the playoff and defeat Nick Saban. Nothing more. I know he's a classy kid, handled himself with class, but that's what he's coming for. So when you see his post-game you know, reaction about how they need to improve things and all this other stuff, and there was no happiness there, this is a kid who's absolutely driven and determined to uh, somehow meet up with Alabama and beat them and, and prove to them that they made the wrong choice. The question, though, is, Mike, is did they make the wrong choice? Would Hurts have served Alabama better than Tua has? No, because Tua won him a national championship. You know, yeah. Had they not taken Hurts out, they would not have won the game against Georgia. So Tua got him a national championship there. Um, obviously, you have to wonder what would happen last season if Hurts was the quarterback. Um, but I still think that Clemson team steamrolls Alabama with Hurts and Tua back in you know, he did come in and save the season against Georgia, but I don't think there's any regret whatsoever. Uh, but I know, you know, this is the part of the portal. You know, you choose one player over another, they move on, they go to a team that could be a national title contender, and you could end up facing the guy that you benched. And I think that's the last thing that, that Nick Saban would admit that he doesn't want to happen. But, um, man, if Oklahoma plays Alabama... I would be leaning towards Oklahoma based on the way Jalen Hurts looked in game one. I know it's an overreaction, but I know this kid wants to he wants to uh, prove everybody wrong. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting. And he was the highest point total scorer for fantasy this past weekend in the entire country. Three passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. And again, you know, Lincoln Riley takes a guy and makes him look way better than his previous school made him look. Um, you know, if you're a quarterback out there that's not happy with your situation, just try to transfer to Oklahoma because next year you're going to have an opportunity. Um, and, and that's what makes it really interesting for high school quarterbacks. They just got a five-star in Spencer Rattler. Um, they're recruiting that position very well, but their last three quarterbacks have been transfers. So Lincoln Riley is not against taking transfers um, and then making them so much better. I mean, Kyler Murray did not have great numbers when he was at Texas A&M, and then he became the number one pick. Baker Mayfield 
Um, obviously left Texas Tech under curious circumstances and ended up being the number one pick. So I definitely think Jalen Hurts, I don't know if he's a Heisman front runner right now, but he's definitely catapulted himself into the conversation in only one game. And, you know, the, the rest of the schedule, South Dakota at UCLA, and then the Big 12 schedule, you know they're going to put up tons of points. So as long as Oklahoma stays undefeated, I think he's going to be right there. Did you win your fantasy <laughs> Uh, league in, in week one there, Mr. Guru. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a no. Right because there. of outside complications, the league hasn't start won't start until week two. Oh. So you're under, we should men- you're undefeated. We should mention that I took Jalen Hurts uh, with my first pick. Though. Yeah, that was that was a good call. That was a very yeah, good call. It sucks for you though because you could have used him this week. Well, yeah, exactly. It's not going to put up that bigger numbers started. than that. Everything. Who knows? We'll see. Well, those are records that they put up. So, what's amazing know. though is is you know Oakley. He might want to play. You know, obviously he wants to play Alabama. Everyone knows that. I mean, he's not going to ever admit it or say it, but that's obviously what he wants. No, he wants retribution. Don't know that. I'm telling you, I put that on Twitter, and oh, every, people on Twitter said something. Yeah, they, they don't. They, they're like, we never do that, and all this other stuff. It's like. No, people don't know that. They don't think that he has a vendetta against Alabama because of the way he's handled himself. And no, it doesn't make him a bad guy. No, right? it doesn't. I mean, it just makes him want to win, and it wants to prove people yeah. wrong. I mean, how many pro athletes have gone, you know, from one team to another that that want to show the team that they gave up on them? Yeah, absolutely. They made a mistake. I mean, that's just the way it works. But but no, not Jalen Hurts. He's too nice. Well, I'll tell you what. He's not too nice. And he's coming for Alabama, and uh, you know there's there's one little problem, and that's Texas. And we'll see how good Texas is if they play LSU. And we'll get to that one in a bit. But um, and the other yeah. little problem is that Oklahoma's defense has not exactly proven itself to be uns, you know, you know the greatest thing ever. Now, uh, yeah, Houston no, put up 31, and they did play three good quarters, and then kind of collapsed down the stretch, but. Uh, I mean, if I'm Alabama, I feel comfortable in my situation. If I get Oklahoma as my draw in the in the Final Four, I don't know. We'll see. That, that Alabama defense looked good, but they are young, and by the end of the season, they won't be young, of course. And you know, they'll have all these first rounders, and and their wide receivers are ridiculous. Um, didn't run the ball well, but you know, Saban will change that and yell at everybody and make sure that they they get that rolling and. You know, there's other teams, Clemson and Georgia and, and teams like that, that are going to compete for the national championship. So, But I think Jalen Hurts was the story. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are number one and two players. Lawrence was number one. Uh, Fields number two coming out. Lawrence throws two picks. Sophomore slump. <laughs> Wrong. But that's what people Damn. are saying. Yeah, I you know if if he throws two more against Texas A and M this weekend, or looks like he's struggling, then at least you have to have your antenna up a little bit. But uh, you know it's hard to get up for Georgia Tech in the opener when you you know you're just going to obliterate them. And he looked fine, and ATN looked awesome. I mean, just incredible. Um, and that that team looks like they're just going to charge right through. They're twenty point favorites against A and M this weekend. That's pretty unbelievable. ATM, Eric Midget, is that what you meant? <laughs> Eric, Eric the actor, ETA. Eric the actor, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Every time you say ETN, I think you're saying ETN. But um, yeah, no, he, he looks good, and I, I'm curious how Kellerman's going to do. Uh, that's going to be very interesting because he played well against Clemson last year. But yeah. um, you know, overall, the kid's got a ton of talent. Made some amazing throws. Of course, it was an opener against nobody, but uh, man, you know, the Clemson defense is pretty good, and it's going to be interesting to see if if he can you know, keep Texas A&M in that game. Because I think Clemson, despite the fact that they blew out Georgia Tech, still feels they have something to prove, especially having a close call against A&M last year. Last year, yeah. we all know Jimbo uh, has something to prove. So that one's interesting also from a recruiting standpoint because, you know, Texas A&M, Jimbo's got ties to the Southeast. He's got ties to the Mid-Atlantic. He recruited it very, very well at Florida State, he's going after kids on the East Coast. He's not just saying, okay, we'll take Texas kids and, you know, spot recruit Louisiana and, you know, maybe look out West. Uh, he is going East for his recruits. So if they beat Clemson, I think that would be a, a big boost, obviously, to their recruiting efforts, uh, which they need because Texas is recruiting so well. So those are the two games, Texas and LSU and Texas A&M and, um, and, and Clemson are the ones I'm looking at from a recruiting perspective. But, USC and Stanford, I guess you have to look at as well. JT Daniels, it's your guy. Yep. Torn meniscus, torn ACL, out for the year. (laughs) And honestly, over the long term, and I just want to just revisit this quickly before I forget, 77% of early bets are on Texas A&M. What's the plus? Plus 17. That's a lot. That's a lot, but can't you can't see a 34-10 kind of game? No. I think they're going to cover 17. I would take Texas a See, that's what that's what's called a sucker bet. 77% yeah. is on one team. You go the other way no matter what. Yeah, well, also, the line is so ridiculous, which that yes. seems to be a ridiculous line. That means it's going to be covered. Right. You go the other way as well. Yeah. Because yeah. somebody knows something somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, JT Daniels out for the year. And honestly, over the long term, I think this helps him. I think he struggled so much last year adapting to the college game. The offensive play calls under T. Martin were terrible. Uh, That has transitioned to Tennessee, which just looks god-awful. And now uh, I think he will adopt... Grant, you know, he'll, he'll be able to grow as, as a person, be a year older. Don't forget, he's only supposed to be a freshman this year in college. He left high school a year early. Uh, over the long term, I think this helps. He will be the starting quarterback when he's healthy again because he's very, very talented. Um, but they did not look very good against Fresno State again. And so, uh, you know, Fresno State scored late and then got the ball back and their quarterback threw a late interception to seal it, I believe. Um, But uh, I think this helps him in the long run, but for the short term, his ranking probably was a little overrated, as has been many USC quarterbacks' rankings in recent years. I don't think it helps him. Um, And the reason being is, you know, first of all, he was off to a great start in the game itself and really looked very comfortable in this new offense. looked like he was going to put up. Is that a cat? Yes, it is. And uh, what's the cat's name? Oliver. Please remove Oliver. <laughs> he was found in a in a uh, grocery store parking lot with all of his all of his uh, claws removed. So he's like Oliver Twist. Oh gosh! <laughs> you need to know that. 
But I think he was going to put up big numbers this year. Uh, he was the only chance to save Clay Helton's job. So now he's coming off injury. He's going to have to rehab. He's going to have a new head coach, probably a new offensive system to learn next year, which will be his third in four years. I don't think it helps him at all. I mean, I know what you're saying, you know, maturity-wise. He's still very young and, and all that. But um, Name I, one you know, quarterback it hasn't helped playing under Urban Meyer, Mike. And Urban Meyer's not taking the USC job. He's he's in Los Angeles for the Fox pregame show. He's yeah. basically living out here. Right. He's testing the waters. He doesn't want it. No, nah, I know. I, I don't. Th- I actually don't think he wants it either. No. Why would he? He's made millions of dollars. He's won multiple <laughs> national championships. He's a not legend. about that. Not about that. Oh, about, so about he's being just, in the conversation. He's just itching and dying to get back into seventeen-year-old living rooms and kitchen. Uh, yes. Ugh. Come on. He has to be a part of the conversation. No, and being what he a- should do is just take a pro job, cash no out, guaranteed five years, make a billion dollars, flame out after three, and then go off into the sunset. That's what he, he couldn't. Should. He couldn't handle the losing. He couldn't handle a twelve and four season. He would think he was the biggest loser ever. Mm-hmm. He's he's got to be part of the conversation. And being on on set with Reggie Bush and Brady Quinn. Do you think that's the level that Urban Meyer wants to be living his life? I don't. Yeah, but it's a rebuilding job at USC. Sure, but it's easy because you every you can recruit California. Every kid will come play for you. Yeah, but it's not easy. I still don't think it's easy. Uh, I don't think Ohio State was easy, and he did an amazing no. job there, but I, Urban Meyer's not going to USC. Let's just stop that. But if he does, he'll choose a holiday to do it because I've written more Urban Meyer articles <laughs> on, on Christmas, Christmas and Thanksgiving or whatever yeah. day. I forget what it was when he got suspended. It was probably July 4th. I don't remember. But every freaking holiday I'm writing about Urban Meyer, and it's kind of ticking me off. So I know. it is. He is like a holiday announce guy. Yeah. yeah, let's keep him out of college football so that I can actually have a day off. That would be nice. But um you know, it would be fun to see him come back, and USC would be a juggernaut under Meyer, you know, recruiting-wise. Um, just be interested to see if they could take it to the next level and win a national championship. I, I, just, th- just think about it. He wouldn't have to recruit out of state. So he, but why that's mess easy. with his legacy? Why mess with it? Well, what's his legacy? That he, He's won three national titles, and he's one of the greatest coaches in the history of college football. Because he's still super young, and what is he going to do for the next 20 years of his life? Nothing. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think that's Urban's mo. Stare at a wall. <laughs> yeah, we're not I talking about the next twenty years of your life if there are twenty <laughs> left. That's what I do. I mean, <laughs> stare at a wall, wait for the next day to come, and repeat. That's what Urban's doing. I think. I think it's a perfect. In many ways, I think it's a perfect situation for him. He can recruit locally, so that's easy. Every kid will come to him. Secondly. He's playing in maybe the weakest conference in in the Power Five, so he's guaranteed almost if he if he wins it to get a college fo- uh, football playoff spot, and then you kind of try to piece it together and win a game here or two and get and get to the national title game. I think it's a perfect situation. Yeah. Well, we'll see, but we all know Helton's gone. I mean, Daniel Sears is fate. And what about Jack Sears? I'm writing about that tomorrow. Yeah, I mean Come he. On. Uh, this, see, this is what we've talked about for Great. years about the transfer portal. You, you, you don't win the starting job and you leave immediately. First game, the quarterback goes down, and 
Now, I mean, Jack Sears would have probably, I mean, they, they named Slovis the second, the second string quarterback, but come on. I mean, Jack Sears has been around that program for years, and he's a pretty good quarterback. So, And I know he's a redshirt sophomore, and he's been, you know, obviously trying to win the starting job for a few years now, and he's frustrated. But that is the negative. You know, we, we hear about Justin Fields and Jacob Eason and Jalen Hurts and all the, all the transfer portal quarterbacks and all the success stories and all that stuff. But Jack Sears is probably calling Clay Helton and saying, don't want to come back. Right, you know, and if I were Elton, I'd take him back because I'm trying to keep my job. But, but on the on the flip side, Stanford, look at Davis Mills, five star quarterback out of Georgia. It's been there two years, hasn't won the starting job. Did he go crying to the transfer portal? No, no, he did. Is, is he going to start this weekend? Probably. Yes, he is. Yep. And uh, you know, he could end up being the guy. I mean, KJ Costello is very talented. A head injury is not an ACL or, or something that's going to take you out for the rest of the season unless it's super serious. But Davis Mills is there for his team, you know, and, and Jack Sears is not. So there, there's a lot of ugly stories regarding the transfer portal. A lot of kids that went into the transfer portal and nobody wanted yep. and just ended up nowhere. But nobody writes about that stuff. Right. And I, I don't want to because I'm too lazy to research who those guys are. Because right. none of them were very good anyways to start with. But there are so many kids in that transfer portal, it's ridiculous. And well, some of it's, them are still looking for homes. It's also convoluted this, and I talked to a lot of coaches at Pac-12 Media Days about this, is that it has completely kind of screwed up their recruiting tactics too. Because you have to recruit for the high school class. You have to recruit for the junior college class. And now you have to save some spots on your roster because – you know some players are going to leave your team and you know some really good players are going to leave other teams and you don't want some project high school kid when you can be getting Justin Fields or Tyjon Lindsay or somebody uh, on your team immediately. You know? Well, this is a message to all the recruits that the way they handle their commitments and the way they handle coaches. Just do it with class. Don't be a jerk because you never know that could be a program you're begging to come play for in a couple of years. Right. If I were a coach and a kid sort of showed me up by putting on my jersey and then taking it off or, you know, throwing it to the ground or taking a hat and flinging it or whatever, yeah. uh, I would say, uh, no, I don't want you. I, I, I'm done with you. You cannot transfer it to my program. And, you know, you usually don't see these guys end up transferring to their number two program. Um, you know, that's the interesting part about the transfer portal. They yeah, they up, transfer completely somewhere else, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know how closely Justin Fields was looking at Ohio State. Um, you know, obviously, I'm sure Jalen Hurts looked at Oklahoma a little bit because he's from Texas, but uh, and Jacob Easton, of course, considered Washington. But if I remember correctly, in each of those recruitments, those were not the number two choices for, for each of those guys. Yeah, I think, I think at that point it becomes – Okay, I don't really care about where I go. I just want to go somewhere where I can play immediately. And it, it, a lot of those are not rebuilding projects. I, I'm thinking Oregon State just because they took two kids from Nebraska. But uh, places where I there's an opportunity for me to step in right away. Or the coach told me, if you come here, you're going to play. Not, we're not recruiting you. We're telling you, Jalen Hurts, if you come here, you're going to play right now. Yeah, and that's important. I mean, listen, if you have an NFL dream, playing is a whole lot better than winning national titles 
and getting rings when you're not part of the, 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 the too deep, you know? I yep. mean, you can claim all those rings you want, but the NFL wants to see you play. They want to see you impact. And sometimes it's better to go at a school that is not going to, you know, be successful or win. Um, you know, these guys are just too talented, you know? Hertz is too talented to land someplace that, that wasn't of an Oklahoma caliber and, and, and Fields is too talented as well. Uh, but some of these other guys, you know, I think the Oregon States of the world are definitely a good place for them because they shine there and, you know, stand out, play, get a lot of film for the NFL, go off and test at the combine and, you know, maybe make their dreams come true. So speaking of that, Mike, I'm doing the NFL opening roster breakdowns and this is not even, uh, this is incredibly fun. Um, that's your dream come true. It, it's an hour per team. That's how long it takes to do it. Yeah. Because I'm breaking down the entire roster by conference, by star ranking, and by which state they played high school football in. That sounds fun. It's fun. But as speaking to that, the Buffalo Bills starting roster, they yeah. have 16 players on their roster from non-Power 5 conference schools. So that's the highest by far. Uh, so if you want to play in the NFL, it seems like going to a non-Power 5 school, you have a better chance. Yeah, or the Bills just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that that too. Uh, because the New England Patriots, Mike, and, and I'm giving away things that are going to be running in a, in a, in a week or two. Yeah, that's all right. I'm sure the, cares. the New England Patriots, 15 players from the SEC, 13 from the Big Ten. Yeah, but... What, two, three, four from Rutgers? Three from Rutgers, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you just don't know. You don't know. You just don't know. Sometimes you, you don't know. know what you're doing when you're scouting, and that's why the Patriots win multiple national championships, I mean, uh, multiple Super Bowls, and, and then you get teams like the Bills, who haven't won since Jim Kelly was a quarterback. So, yes. um, you know, but it, it is interesting to see the five stars and where they end up in the NFL and all that stuff. We'll be doing that in a few weeks. I'm sure breaking all that down, but our new feature that has taken the world by storm. And yes. I'm very super excited about it is factor fiction where I give the right answer. And then Gorney sometimes agrees and then sometimes disagrees like Notre Dame being overrated. Uh, I think I think it's too early to say that. Sure, it's too early, but you you posed the question and I had mm-hmm. to answer it. I couldn't say too early. Well, and I'm tired of carrying the team by posing all the questions too. By the way, well, I carried the team by by offering fifty thousand questions, and then you just had to pick which ones we wanted. Yeah, but I looked at Our a co- lot of those. I, 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 I nixed a lot of them. I said, no. I'm carrying the team on this NFL thing, and that's all I'm doing for the next two weeks. I'm trying to like make these relevant to now. You know, Will Taggart, Notre Dame. I mean, these are it's hard to come up with these questions. You're telling me. It's it's very difficult. I don't think you understand. I mean, you do the ask Farrell and all that stuff. But and take two. Yeah, but, you know, this is really much more important. Have you read it yet, Dave Barry? Have I read what? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> all right, Mike. There's our, that's, our, that's, that's our typical subscriber. 
Notre Red Dame. Notre, Notre Dame plays Texas. Who do you think wins that game? Well, I think it's close. I think it's going to be close against Georgia. It's going to be close, close against Michigan. I, I, you I think it's it going to be like, close against Georgia? I don't think I it's do. Be close I do. I do. Georgia. I do. I do. I know they look bad against Louisville. I don't think they looked horrible. I just don't think they're the eighth best team in the country. I remember Notre Dame playing Clemson last year, and they were not the fourth best team in the country. Well, Notre Dame always just ranked a little bit high in the preseason. That's just the way it is. But a lot of people are saying, you know, this team stinks, and they have no chance to play off, and blah, 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 based on the Louisville game. And I, I think Louisville's a little bit better than people think they are. And I think Notre I do Dame too. is better than people think they are, too. So... Uh, I've got them going nine and three. So, you know, I didn't rate them in the top 10. Uh, so to me, they're not overrated because I have them as a nine and three football team. Wait, how do you have them as a nine and three football team? Nine and three football teams don't finish eighth in the country. No, I don't. I don't think they're going to finish eighth in the country. So they're overrated. Uh, I don't you, do preseason polls, man. They don't you're like a, you're a flip flopper like John oh. Kerry in the 2004 election. Oh, my God. Talking about politics, cares about politics. <laughs> at Georgia, they lose. Virginia, I think, will be an interesting game. Uh, at Michigan, I think, will be tough. Virginia Tech, I think, will be an interesting game. Ugh. At Virginia, Stanford, no, Virginia Tech will be Sorry. interesting. Yeah, Michigan Virginia Tech does. Yeah, well, Virginia Tech they, does stink. stink. Yeah, yeah. That ACC thing is great for Notre Dame. I think they could be ten and two. I I, I don't see any reason They're why nine ten and, and three. Two. Ten and two. I yeah. love how Paul Feinbaum says they shouldn't get an invitation to the playoff because they're not in the conference. <laughs> Wait, isn't that like such a twenty five years ago discussion? Yes, it is. Notre yes. Dame's not in a conference. They're never going to be in a conference. They don't need to be in a conference. They play a very very tough schedule overall. Just so happens they're tied to the ACC, which stinks of late. Um, but Paul Feinbaum also said that Dabo Swinney's recruiting would take a major hit this summer, and he's yeah, just oh, basically well, landed everybody. I don't even understand where he gets his information from sometimes. Probably from the Alabama office. So, Yeah, well, that is probably what Alabama's saying, is that Clemson's going to take a big dip in recruiting. But guess what? They're not. No, they are not. They're going to pick and choose. And, you know, if they beat Texas A&M handily, they're going to start going into Texas and tapping some kids on the head and say, hey, yeah. you want to come to Clemson? Already got R.J. Mickens. Yeah, I mean, and they don't recruit. They spot recruit Texas, you know, just yeah. like they spot recruit California. But they can get anybody in the country right now. And they're going to win the national title. That's my pick. Uh, I think they're going to beat Oklahoma in the national title game. Oh, nice pick. I've been out here 10 years now in the first Seven and a half, eight years, not one kid ever mentioned Clemson. There was no talk of it. And this summer, Bosco flew eight kids to to visit there. One school. So yeah. they, they can go anywhere to get anybody, and they're doing it, and they're great. Yeah, and, and they're going to go undefeated. And I'm not sure who they're going to play in the first round of the playoff. I haven't figured that out yet. Probably a Big Ten team and blow their doors off. Um, Notre Dame. And then Oklahoma will probably play another SEC team like Georgia and win. And then Oklahoma will lose to Clemson on the championship. Yeah. Are you, are you picking Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and um, 
Oklahoma in the Final Four. That's a that's a leap, Mike. That's a huge leap for you. I know. Who, who's the team that can make it? Who's the team that where nobody's talking about? Uh, well, nobody from the Pac-12 is going to make it. <laughs> nobody from the Pac-12 is going to make it. No, they're yeah. done. Texas could make it, but people are talking about them, right? You don't think Utah can make it? No. Washington? Mm-mm. I don't either. By the way, I'm hydrating because I'm reading well, my unlike, Tiger take. Unlike Florida State? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's I'm talk just, about that quickly, Mike. It's unbelievable. I was not a big Willie Taggart fan uh, for the hire. Um, I'm not a fan of hiring coaches with losing records at at one of the proudest programs in the country. I thought they could have done better. And it's showing. I mean, I wrote this today that he said in his press conference yesterday that after watching the tape, and I love coaches that, that can't react in game. They have to watch the tape to figure something out. After watching the tape, they realize they have to give Cam Akers the ball more. <laughs> I mean, and, and uh, their players were dehydrated. Now, how is that possible? Boise, you know, it's like 75 in the summer in Boise. They have to travel. They don't know if they're playing in Jacksonville. They don't know if they're playing in Tallahassee. There's a storm. Travel's all screwed up. They have a freshman quarterback, true freshman, first game at Florida State, down big early, and then comes back to win because the other players were because de- Florida State was dehydrated. How does that? How is that possible that that is even accepted? Well, and again, if you go to warchant.com, it's know, not Taggart, accepted. <laughs> Taggart, well, no, Taggart is talking about you know what he meant about the dehydration. He was talking about the upcoming Louisiana Monroe game on Saturday and the temperatures expected to be near 100 degrees for kickoff and all that other stuff, but. It was, he said it was taken the wrong way, but but, but we saw that game. They, they folded it late. They were so well, they yeah, were worn down. They were worn yeah. down, and they practice in the heat, and they're supposed to be the ones with the advantage in the, in the hot weather. And, and didn't Booga Joe? Booga Joe said we were out of shape. Booga Vivian Joe Johnson, said that. Yeah, yeah. Johnson said we were out of shape. That's you amazing. Know? So it's not just the coach, but it's the players saying we we weren't ready. Yeah, and that is embarrassing. So. You know, there's talk also that Jeremy Pruitt has lost the locker room. Now, do you believe that? Do you, do you believe Willie Tiger doesn't know how to get a team prepared? Because I do. I don't. Believe, I don't believe he knows how to get a team prepared. Well, I, I look at the I look at the outcomes of this, and losing to Boise State is not the embarrassing part. How they lost to Boise State is the embarrassing part. Right. Having players say that they weren't prepared is the embarrassing part. And no, it's obvious that he doesn't know how to prepare a team. I mean, he had months and months and months to prepare for this game, and whether it's dehydration or guys not in shape, I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. All right, Jeremy Pruitt, did he lose the locker room? I don't. I don't know. I mean, this is year two, game one. <laughs> yeah, year two, game one. Lost the locker room. I, there's rumors I, going around. There's there's rumors going around that that this weekend's game is extremely important to him, and that if they lose, that that's just funny to say. How do you that say? Philip Fulmer is going to take over as the head coach <laughs> for the rest of the season, and Pruitt will be gone if they don't beat BYU. Well, that would be an incredible rumor, and 
it would be there. incredible to see, and it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. I, I mean, I I have no well, idea if it's true me anymore. But yeah, it would shock me. That would be ridiculous. Rid- r- ridiculous to fire Pruitt this early? Yeah, I mean, listen, do I think Pruitt's going to take Tennessee back to the promised land? They're going to win a national championship and dominate the SEC East? No. Have I ever thought that? No. Yeah. Can he can he coach kids up better than Butch Jones? Yes. Can he recruit? Mm, so far, not bad. Not great. Not bad. Um, but is he fireable after a Georgia State loss? No. So I have two ways of thinking about this, and it's one. One is, one is the old traditional way of thinking about coaches, and they need three or four years to rebuild a program. And if Duke fired Mike Shashevsky after his first two years, you know that they they had terrible seasons and all that kind of stuff. So I understand that side of it. And then the other side is you you fail quickly in life. Like if you know this isn't the right fit, if you know this isn't what's going to work out over the long term. Don't drag it out for two years. Don't drag it out for three. Fire immediately and regroup and get somebody in there that you believe will do the job. So I I don't know how I feel about it. Um, These guys are paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to win football games, not anything else, win football games, and he lost to Georgia State at home. Best thing that could happen, fire Jeremy Pruitt, hire Greg Schiano. That would be the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That would be be unbelievable. All right, so we got to wrap this up so Dave's kids don't get abducted. Okay. (laughs) Dave's going to go hang out in his car at the bus stop. Yeah. All right, I'll remind everybody our Twitter (laughs) handles. You can find us on Twitter, at RivalsMike, at AdamGorney, and at RealDaveBerry. Don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. We will see everybody again next week. 